0: Welcome back literary slummers to another exciting episode of the Shelf Aware podcast, the podcast where we are reading books outside of our comfort zone. I'm Brad
1: and I'm Em. This week on the podcast Anna's Not Here, which you probably gleaned from that voice that clearly wasn't Anna and said Brad instead of Anna.
0: Oh, I don't know. I thought I got pretty
1: close. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> you're lucky Anna already said she wasn't going to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're reading a book that our dear friend Anna has assigned to us as she is busy moving houses. Um, so we have with us today Brad, who has been on the podcast before, making him the only person who has been on the podcast more than once. Yeah. Aside from me and Anna. So congrats, Brad. Thank you. This week, we were assigned to read A Cozy Mystery by Anna, because we both hate them. Uh, It was, (laughs) this is the part where I always have to pull up the actual fucking book, Murder at the Brightwell by Ashley Weaver. So, Brad, Hmm. why do you hate cozy mysteries?
0: So... As we have discussed a little bit off air to what I believe to be Anna's dismay, chagrin, and exhaustion, I perhaps did not fully know or have an understanding of what an actual cozy mystery is Mm -hmm. from my perception. Yes, man, explain it to me. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, I thought it was like a very low stakes mystery. Like who stole the cookie from the cookie jar? Mm -hmm. Like, Fun, happy time, generally pleasant, like, you know, maybe like a story about a little hippo trying to figure out uh, who took its lunchbox or something. You thought that Uh, one
1: of Anna's favorite genres was little hippos stealing lunch from each other.
0: I mean, it seems like that would be cozy,
1: Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but when I was uh, explained to, when I was when we were assigned this book so graciously, is that it is generally more, um, uh, you know, the kind of mystery that is uh, still probably a murder involved, but most of the mature things are off screen. Is that right? Uh, yeah. Um, and generally, the person that dies. You don't really care that they're dead, or they were kind of reprehensible to begin with, perhaps? (laughs) I think
1: that was maybe kind of our (laughs) our, uh, (laughs) take on it.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, But I apologize. I'm getting away from the initial question. No, you're Um, good.
1: This uh, is all we do uh, is get away from the initial question.
0: Oh, hell yeah. Then I am here to party. Um, I don't really like Cozy Mysteries kind of because of that misunderstanding is Mm -hmm. that I thought they were low stakes and I thought that they were um a little boring to put it perhaps bluntly and not very kindly um but after reading this I did not know what a cozy mystery was but I still don't think I like them (laughs)
1: interesting
0: what about you
1: I did know what a cozy mystery was. Uh, I believe the defining characteristic, and I double checked on Wikipedia, the source of all sources, and they agree with me, <laughs> is that um, it is an amateur sleuth instead of like a cop or like a detective. It's like a grandmother who solves mysteries in her quiet seaside town, sort of thing. And I don't mind the cozy part. The cozy isn't what I have a problem with, it's the mystery part. And we've discussed this many a time. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I don't like mysteries. Um, I think that they're rude to me as a person. <laughs> um, my brain does not enjoy them. And so I don't like cozy mysteries. And in fact, I feel somewhat affronted by cozy mysteries because they tend to take things that I do like, which is like relationships and like small town drama And then putting a stupid mystery in it. And I don't like the mystery part. Why can't we just do the cozy part? I'm not here for the mystery. Mm. So this was my problem with cozy mysteries. Um, But I also hadn't really given them much of a shot. And I mean, like, I'm okay with cozy mystery TV shows, I feel like.
0: What would you consider a cozy mystery TV show?
1: I feel like, I might have referenced this when we assigned the book, but I think, like, Miss Fisher, I think, is not technically a detective. I think she's just kind of doing her thing and solves Mm. mysteries. Um, I feel like there's one that I'm forgetting. But isn't there one that is like a grandma solving mysteries? That's probably not it, and I'm misremembering. But like Paw Patrol. Yeah, like Paw Patrol, Exactly. now, Paw Patrol has mm. a cop in it, so no, that's well. you know. Uh <laughs> but okay, getting into this book specifically, which again is Murder at the Brightwell. I did not hate this book. Hmm. Um, I sense from your reaction right now and the thing you just said a few minutes ago and (laughs) some texting that happened before this podcast (laughs) that you maybe don't feel the same way
0: uh i hmm how do i put this um it's going to sound like i'm trying to word this this way to pull a punch Mm -hmm. but i i mean it genuinely when i say that i am glad that i read this book
1: okay
0: i am i am glad that you guys uh gave me the opportunity not to me i don't re- claim
1: this i don't claim okay i don't claim this book I i'm mean,
0: glad that <laughs> we're blaming
1: anna for this
0: reasonable as we should <laughs> um in that case i am glad that anna gave me the uh opportunity to read this and broaden my horizons and kind of understand what people uh like about this genre and this style of book but A, not only is it absolutely not for me if this is what they are Mm. all like, and B, it almost made me understand why you hate mysteries. Right. Because there was a part where I was reading this And there were things that were happening that just seemed so ungodly convenient that I was like, this isn't how things work. This isn't how people talk. This isn't how people behave. This is how a writer writes a series of events to get the reader to go, oh, my gosh, a red herring.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, And that, as somebody who generally likes mysteries, I found myself upset with the fact that i was starting to see the
1: the strings <laughs> starting to see the strings
0: yes yes you start to see the strings and it kind of upset me that i was starting to go oh you know what actually i think M has a point maybe <laughs> these mystery <laughs> things are kind of terrible
1: it's only fun if someone else is solving the mystery if the author is solving the mystery it's just like okay but you wrote the mystery i've said this so many times but this is my gripe about mysteries is that it It feels like so patting themselves on the back to be like, I made this cool puzzle and then I told you what the solution to the puzzle was. And it's like, well, that's not impressive. That's you just you you wrote the puzzle and then you solved the puzzle. And so we're supposed to be like, ooh, what a cool puzzle. And I'm like, but eh, I it it just annoys me. And it always feels like self-congratulatory especially some of the yeah. older ones, especially those great detective novels. Ugh, hate those. Cause they're like, oh, I'm the smartest guy <laughs> in the world. I'm like, you fucking wrote, like you wrote the book and you wrote the man who solved the book. It's, it's not impressive. I want, I want a, a mystery where one person writes the mystery and then another author has to write the conclusion.
0: <laughs> Ooh, that's not a bad idea. <laughs>
1: like, in fact,
0: so much so that like something like that has to exist, right? Like,
1: I mean, I guess choose your own adventure books. <laughs>
0: yeah, I guess. In a
1: way. I don't mm-hmm. know. TTRPGs is <laughs> oh, essentially yeah. someone there writes the mystery and someone else has to solve the mystery. Someone else has to solve it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, escape rooms.
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> escape rooms? Yeah.
1: These are all fun things. Mystery books, no.
0: Hmm. I'm trying to think. I've only ever done two escape rooms, really, and to call them fun things might be a generous. Oh, I love it! I love how an I escape, room. About the escape room.
1: I like escape rooms, but I don't like mysteries.
0: Sure. Hmm. I like mysteries, but not escape rooms. How are we ever gonna <laughs> get along? Ne'er the two shall meet.
1: So, speaking of getting along, who would mm. get along with this book, Brad? Who would you recommend this to? Perfect segue. Uh,
0: wow. Yes, flawless in execution. <laughs> um, the unkind but perhaps topical and by topical i mean you guys reference this sort of thing uh in the uh gone girl that is would what topical recommend?
1: means is things that we've referenced recently in the podcast yes
0: yeah i've always i've always said <laughs> of this of course um yeah um i would recommend this book to the kind of person that has nevertheless she persisted on a white mug wow. from Target.
1: wow that is some some very harsh <laughs> words about this book Damn! Yes, <laughs> damn, son. <laughs>
0: um, no, I like the the perhaps more charitable uh, read of this is. I think I would recommend this to somebody who's like, you know, looking to like, maybe has a long weekend or like are intentionally going into a lazy weekend. If you already know you like this type of book, mm. I genuinely don't know that I could consider this like a good entry point, perhaps for the mm. genre. Um, partially because, as I'm sure we'll get into, I feel like this book is uh, kind of like a a color by numbers of tropes in some ways, Mm -hmm. which is not inherently bad, but sometimes, you know, you're familiar with a certain type of genre, and you want more of that genre in a very specific and fun and perhaps safe way, and I think this can fulfill that. So if you already know you like cozy mysteries and rich British people doing things, then perhaps this book is for you. Also, this book might be for you if you read or wrote fiction about the great Gatsby, maybe.
1: Mm. Interesting. You know, that's that's having kind of a renaissance these days. There's a lot of Gatsby retelling, so.
0: <laughs> Gatsby? What Gatsby? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think uh, I would probably add, like, if you're not necessarily into mystery and you want to try, my- I think this was what Anna was going for when she assigned this particular book uh, was if you're not into mystery, but you do like romance, because I think that this also uses a lot of romance tropes um, to, to varying degree and effect, you know, whether or not it works for you depends on your taste in romance. But I think if you want to kind of cross over, this might be a good entry point. Um, Cause yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, Romance tropes in this one, um, which yeah. I personally like because I just want to read about people having arguments about relationships that 's really the only thing I want, whether that 's like a romantic relationship or you know a space captain having an argument with their holographic child about um, whether or not they should uh, get out more, which perfectly segues us into uh <laughs> what we 've been reading. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that's
0: awfully specific poll. Yes. Go because on. what
1: I've been reading is this book called Light from Uncommon Stars by uh, Rika Aoki. Um, and it's, I'm like halfway through, and it's wild because it's like three main characters, okay? The first is the teenage, I think she's like 18 ish, runaway, who is kind of a violin prodigy maybe she likes to play violin but her father is like transphobic transphobic homophobic so she ran away from home to get away from Mm -hmm. her abusive father as you do of course so here's character one character two is a famous violin instructor who 70 i think years ago made a deal with a devil to collect the souls of violin prodigies in exchange for her own soul so, Damn, you
0: please tell me there's a golden fiddle involved in this? No, I
1: think it's a bow. I haven't fully gotten to it okay. yet. Okay. All um, right. All right. Character number three is a space alien <laughs> who's here to construct a space alien uh, a vacation spot at a donut shop <laughs> okay. that she has bought. Um,. It's very wild. That's like only some of the plot you can imagine. It's going some places. I don't know where it's gonna end up, but very interesting stuff. Really into it so far. About halfway through. I
0: yeah, that sounds phenomenal. I was going to say that like I love the title to begin with. Yeah. But like all of this stuff you're describing sounds exactly like the kind of thing I would like to read.
1: Usually I'm like, oh, everything's been done in some way, right? But I feel hmm. like this hasn't been done. <laughs> like, I'm just when they threw in the alien, I was like, "All right, here we go!" Like, here we go.
0: And come on, we've all seen the Disney movie from the '90s that is exactly this plot that you've just described. Instead, exactly yes, of new course. Territory. Um, okay, I mean, I wasn't actually trying to. That also <laughs> isn't from the '90s,
1: so it's a bad pull on my part. Uh.
0: No, no. <laughs> if I can, if I can ask though, mm. I feel like so. Is this as like?
1: It's not comical. No, it's not like it's like serious, which is weird. You would think it would be funny, but it's like lyrical and well written. It's weird. Yeah, there's a part of
0: me that like. Yeah, there's a part of me that like your description made me go. I bet this is a vehicle for some actually very heavy Mm -hmm. and serious things. Yeah,
1: it's it's good. Recommend so far. You know, with the caveat of I haven't finished it. Um, How about you? What are you, what are you reading? And it's great because you don't have to pull from just the last week. You can recommend anything ever. What's the best book you've ever read?
0: (laughs) The best book I've ever read uh, is, ooh, actually, that's a good question. You know, it's been a while, but I think the best book I've ever read a couple years ago, um, it was a little, I was in like, Maybe getting to the end of middle school, early high school. There's A, a little couple years ago, num- but
1: that's more than a couple years ago at this point. I hate okay, to tell you. Okay, well, it was,
0: <laughs> it, the book is called Number 54, The Answer. Uh, perhaps you've heard of it. It's a little Animorphs book. Oh. That, <laughs> no, I fully, uh, this joke is, this I joke fully is thought it was called
1: I'm, Number 54, The Answer. <laughs> and I was like, what answer. is this? I've never heard of this. What school assigned this? <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a great book, though.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, No, I think, like, to answer the question a little more seriously, I have been slowly chipping away at a book called The Raven Tower by Mm -hmm. an author you guys have read before, Anne Leckie. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed her book Ancillary Justice that you guys talked about, Mm -hmm. what, like a year Mm -hmm. and a half ago at this point or something?
1: Something like that. It all blends together.
0: Yeah, um, but I I am really, really enjoying The Raven Tower. Um, It has a lot of... uh, It has surprises, but I don't mean that in a way of, like, twists and turns in the plot. Like, for me, a surprise is something where it's like, oh, I would not have even thought to have been Mm. surprised by something like that. And, like, I just, I really like when an author does that, like, surprises you with subtle things. I also think um, Anne Leckie has just an incredible economy of words. Like, I think she gets a lot across in very little time. Um, And I am both envious and uh, admiring Admiratory? I admire admiral. that. <laughs> admiral. Um, I'm an admiral. Um,
1: <laughs> uh, an important question. Yes. How many ravens like per page would you say are in it?
0: A lot. A lot. Particularly because I think there is a version of this book that does the anamorph thing of having a small raven on the corner of the page.
1: Oh, wow. That would up your number a bit. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, uh, hey, with example. all that said... So I'm going to talk about this book, which will be fun because usually Anna is the one in charge of plot and I am not great at plot description. But we're going to we're going to give it a try. Back to our hate read days. (laughs) Um, I fully have the book that I just recommended open. So that was going to be very confusing because the plots are quite different. Um, Cool. So Murder at the Brightwell. We open. Kent, England, 1932. Mm. We are introduced to our two main characters, I would say. Amory Ames and Milo Ames. Uh, We could assume that Amory Ames was the main character of this because it is an Amory Ames mystery. Mm. Um, As it proclaims on the cover. Uh,
0: Also told from a first-person
1: perspective also told from a first-person perspective yes of uh, amory amory is married to milo confusingly we are told later that milo's last name is ames and amory's last name was also ames before she got married to milo which she's like it's cool we're not related but i'm like it's england in the 1930s you probably are you yes <laughs> i had that same thought like almost oh, certainly like, <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like a flippant, like, so funny, but don't worry, we're not related. And I was like, I'm not buying it. It might not be the same
1: family tree, but it's certainly in the same orchard. (laughs) Yes.
0: Um, I think also, going back to kind of what you said about, like, books about people, uh, you know, relationships and that sort of thing, I think it very much sets a tone that this book basically starts with her, I have it almost word for word here in my notes, Amory says that she is married to a man uh that she loves and hates in equal proportion. Mm. So
1: which, you know, that's great. We love that. Yeah. I very much got like haze code era vibes from these two in that like you know that type of romance that was very popular at the time because people couldn't like be implied to have fucked or like whatever where it's like a divorced couple who or a couple who's like about to divorce getting back together like this is very much like a thing in in the like 40s 50s of like those sort Mm. of uh romantic comedies where um the the couple is like either married already or uh they were married and got divorced right because we can't say that they fucked unless that they are married so this is like a thing because this is very much the vibe of that of like well, they hate each other, but they like each other, and that's where the tension's coming from. But also, they're already married, so it's kind of like, what are we doing here? What are we doing here, guy? Yeah, <laughs> y-
0: yeah I, which brings me to one of my first kind of frustrations and like eternal roadblocks with this book mm. that I will, uh, I guess, say at the top so that we don't have to harp on it for the whole rest of the episode. But we probably but, like, will. We probably will. Um, (laughs) I feel like almost the entirety of Amory and Milo's relationship is a lot of telling and not showing. I think nothing about Milo Mm -hmm. struck me as actually charming. Mm -hmm. Nothing about him seemed like actually pleasant or good or whatever. We are just told that Amory finds it good. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel as though the author always goes to a great enough length to make the reader also feel like... Milo is an interesting and/or good dude, or at least like charming in a fun bad boy way. Underneath it all, and like I just every time Milo does or says or whatever, it's just like Amory. I believe that you think you like Milo. <laughs> I, as the reader, do not think I, I like Milo. I don't. This
1: isn't cute. Um, now, I ca- yeah. I agree to some extent. I think that there is a lot of telling not showing. I think I would have liked more of i don't know like a flashback to their courtship or something to kind of flesh out like we get told by the other man in the love triangle love square rectangle not sure we'll get to it um yeah we're told by him that like when they met she he could tell that she just loved him immediately and it's like well okay so this is like secondhand info being told to the reader about like why they like each other which isn't great um I feel like I was able to be like, yeah, he's kind of... Like, I don't necessarily think that he read as charming. Like, it's hard because I I feel like sometimes I was like, this man is a menace and needs to be stopped. And sometimes I was like, yeah, I get it, Amory. Like, a lot of the time it was like dubious consent in terms of kisses that i feel like only flew because it's the 30s and we don't care about consent in the 30s um a lot of him kissing her and her being like no don't kiss me and then him kissing her again it's like guys this isn't the best i don't love this um but at the same time i was like I guess because there was all the mystery stuff going on I was like well I can't focus on this too much you know so I was kind of like I'm willing for you to just throw this romance at me and for it to just be a set dressing on this mystery that makes the mystery somewhat bearable to me
0: Yeah, uh, sure, I guess, Um, which perhaps this is a good time to uh, segue in uh, a little teaser to say, hey, reader, listener, whatever you are, stay tuned to the end of the episode where we play a fun game called, will the information that Anna shared with me about the future of the series change (laughs) your opinion about Milo, yes or no?
1: Interesting. I also feel like part of why Milo is bad in this book or could be like I don't dislike Milo as a love interest he just wasn't like my favorite love interest ever but I feel like part of it is also because they want to keep it a possibility that he's the murderer which makes me wonder in future books how that's gonna go if she's just gonna keep finding ex-boyfriends involved in various weird murders (laughs) that then can make her husband jealous I don't know it seems like a very specific like niche thing to be repeatable you know (laughs) What I didn't
0: tell you in the first book was that I actually had a second husband between Milo and Gil, and he also killed somebody.
1: Right, like, it's a lot. Um, But speaking of Gil, uh, so Milo and Amory are unhappily married, I feel like we can say. Uh, He's just returned from Monte Carlo, and she uh, has a friend show up named Gil Trent, who's like what's up amory we haven't talked in five years we were engaged but you left me for milo do you want to come be fake girlfriend with me and she's like yeah that sounds tight which that's wild that's wild
0: yeah that's yes and this is like again i'm sorry we're like you said we're probably just going to keep hitting this but like this is the thing of like uh, spoiler alert I guess she feels better about Milo by the end of the book than she did at the beginning but also I just the whole book I found that very hard to swallow after she's basically spends the first few chapters talking about how Milo's made her last five years miserable yep. and the fire has died and this and that and for how quickly she was like
1: why Gil run away
0: with you well of course sure why not like, yeah, like, I, and like on one hand, I get it. You have to have a plot. You've got to have a book. I I, I get it. I'm not trying to be nitpicky. You are. But also, this You're is the what M I guess I am. In this
1: episode, and I'm the Anna. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hello. I'm M. Um, but like, I, yeah, it's just this weird thing of like, on one hand, I know they have to behave a certain way, otherwise you don't have a plot. On the other hand, when you have characters behaving so like characters and not people. That's when I start to kind of roll my eyes and get a little Mm. frustrated.
1: Uh, Amory, I had a comment. Now I lost it. God damn it. Will it come back? Who knows? Um, Yeah, it's, it's, like you said, hard to kind of allow the conclusion of like, oh, guess everything's back on track in the marriage or whatever, which I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily supposed to be like fully fixed or whatever, but like the, the decision to remain with him when she spends, yeah. Like the first couple chapters being like, he has tormented me with his, with his philandering. And my suspicion, because I kept thinking this was going to happen in this book is that all of his philandering that she believes has happened was just a misunderstanding, you know, like, that he's been written about in the gossip column like early in their relationship. And she's like, oh, that was when I knew he was, you know, going to lead me along on this string. And then it turns out that that's not true or something. But that never happened. So it did just seem like she was upset at him for going on vacation a lot and talking to women. And we're not sure if like, like she keeps implying that he's hooked up with other women. Right. Like it's, but. Right. She never has like a thing to point at to be like, oh, you know, last December in the gossip column, I heard all about you and Miss So-and-so, you know, like that sort of thing. It's just kind of like, yeah, he's just a a ladies man and she's mad about it. And that doesn't really get resolved in any, <laughs> in any severe way.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot of like. this like this book it seems to oscillate sometimes between how even the book wants to feel Mm -hmm. about certain people because like yeah like what you said is exactly right there are times where i think the text almost makes it sound like she has like proof perfect that milo has cheated and she has just chosen not to act upon it because that's not what a proper british woman does in the 1930s
1: that was an interesting (laughs) accent
0: sorry i had to pick something (laughs) Um, please be excited for that NPC in a future TTRPG. Correct. Um, yeah, um, but like then there's other times where she's like, "Well, I guess you're right. I never did know if he was actually cheating on me." And it's like, I need you guys to pick a tone here, because I
1: don't know. I need I, to know what happened again. I just I need to know what happened in like the first year of their marriage. Like, right. Why did he just start like going off to Monte Carlo? Because well, I kept expecting that. I kept being like, oh, he's going to reveal that, like, he was so, like, nervous or something about, like, their relationship that he just kept leaving to, like, not deal with it. Something to make him, right. like, sympathetic instead of it just being like, yeah, he just, like, likes to party and she yeah. doesn't. Like, okay. I don't know. Maybe you guys shouldn't have gotten married or maybe you should look into polyamory. I'm not sure what the fix is, but, like, <laughs> this, is, this isn't this is it. Um. Anyway, the plot. So Gil is like, Amory, come be my fake girlfriend. We love a fake girlfriend trope here on this podcast.
0: Absolutely. Always
1: fun. Um, And she's like, why do you want me to be your fake girlfriend? And he's like, oh, well, my sister, Emmeline, is engaged to a rake, a scoundrel, a 'er ne'er-do-well, whose name I haven't written down in my notes, even though he's uh, very important.
0: Rupert.
1: Rupert, yes. We'll go with uh, Rupert. Because
0: I jokingly put his name as Rupert Grint in my notes. Yep, that's the it. the actor that plays Ron Weasley, and don't I have know that that's not you his You don't last have name. to
1: tell me that. I know. I'm
0: sorry. It's for the <laughs> listeners if they hear this and this doesn't get cut out.
1: Um, so Rupert is engaged to Emmeline, but Gil is quite sure Rupert is no good. So she, he mm. wants... This woman, who he has not talked to for five years, to come to a seaside resort to convince his sister, who also hasn't talked to her for five years, to break up with her fiancé. Wild. But they do this. They go, and she's like, Milo's like, oh, I thought maybe we could go partying together. And he, she's like, no, I'm off to the seaside to hang out with other people who aren't you. And Milo's like, what? How... Incredibly rude of you. I hate this.
0: But he's not sincere about it. Yes. Amory makes it very clear to us. Except maybe he
1: is based on his later actions. But we don't know about those actions until like 80% of the way through the book. Anyway, so they go to the hotel. This is when we meet our cast of cozy characters. Um, (laughs) We've got Emmeline. We've got Rupert. They are in love, question mark. Uh, we also have the Rogerses. there's two of them. That's all I had on that. Mr. And Mrs. Um, (laughs) they are friends with the Trentons. Is that their last name? I can't be right. Yes. Is
0: that? No, no, no. no. Oh,
1: sorry. No, not the Trentons, the Hamiltons. Yes. I was very wrong. They are friends with the Hamiltons, uh, who are a couple. The man is very mean and the woman is sad. Um, there is also Olive, who is a friend of Emmeline's from school. She is mm-hmm. there and unimportant for the first half of this book, and then very important for the last half of this book. Um, mm-hmm. In It's
0: uh, more like a spike. She's like very important at like the 60% yeah, mark, and yeah, then yeah. kind of drops off again. But then she
1: kind of comes back up at the very end when yeah, okay. to resolve love rectangles. Um, mm-hmm. There is also another girl there who is completely unimportant, except for she drugs the main character at one point, maybe, but it isn't fully resolved either. Um, She's mean and wants to sleep with the main character, wants to sleep with Milo, but that's basically her whole shtick. She's also there. Um, There's a woman who's like a gossip columnist, but we don't know that until the very end. She's kind of hanging out. I feel like I'm missing some people. Oh, there's Mm -hmm. the the actor.
0: Yes, the actor.
1: He's also Um, there
0: who has like a weird final hour reveal that literally made me put the book down and go, I don't, what? Who cares?
1: I mean, I guess it was to like tie up the loose ends of like, oh, he was a suspect for a hot second. And it's like, he's not a suspect. He's just German. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so cool. <Well. laughs> All right. So this is the um, main cast. There's probably a couple that I'm missing, but these are the ones, one of them's the murder, one of them's the victim.
0: Em, you forgot the two most important things that oh, no. everybody in this cast has in common. They are all a little annoying, mm-hmm. and they are all smolderingly good-looking. Yes, this, except almost for
1: f- Mr. Rogers. Except He's for Mr. Rogers, an yes. uggo, and it's funny because yes. his wife's a hottie, so... his
0: wife's hot.
1: That's so funny. Uh-
0: <laughs> if I can ask, if you were a cozy English character in one of these mysteries, Mm -hmm. what archetype would you fit into?
1: The butler. (laughs) How about you?
0: All right, no further questions. Um, I would be, I'd be like the chef with a Cockney accent who when the cozy main... All right, then, I was out here making some stew and cutting some logs, not at the same time, you understand?
1: It fell off a little towards end, but that's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> well, hey, no, listen.
0: Um, anyway, I apologize, please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we're allowed to make fun of white people accents. Um, Hell yeah. Cool. So, here is our cast of characters. They are here to have a great vacation at this hotel. They spend a few days doing vacation-y things, like sitting in sitting rooms, reading magazines, dipping in the ocean, being scared of the ocean, and other assorted vacation (laughs) things to do (laughs) at this hotel. Um, However, gasp, tragedy struck. Tragedy strikes. Uh, Emmeline goes to... I've already forgotten the main character's name. This is why I'm not in charge of summaries, because I can never remember names. Amory. Amory. Em- Emmeline goes to Amory and is like, hey, we're supposed to have lunch with Rupert. I can't find him. Help me find him. And they go looking for him, and they're like, where's Rupert? Uh-oh, he's dead at the bottom <laughs> of a cliff.
0: Oh, they found Rupert, <laughs> if you know what I mean.
1: That sounds sexual. Um, oh. Oh. They find Rupert. He's at the bottom of the cliff. They call the police. The police show up. Everyone's like, oh, no, a terrible accident. And the police are like, not fam. It's murder. It's murder is what it is. Um, and so launches the investigation. Um, uh, that was another problem I had with this book where I was kind of like, why is she investigating for the first part? Like at the first part, she's just kind of asking questions and like trying to suss it out. And then we get a reason why she's investigating. But right. the first bit, I was just like, just sit down, girl. Just,
0: yeah.
1: Just, s- what are you doing? Hang out, <laughs>
0: enjoy your vacation at this weird seaside cottage.
1: D- like. Avoid murderers. That's all yeah. you needed to do. Yeah. But not Amory, not Amory Ames. Um, So, she decides to start kind of questioning people. And in the meantime, who shows up? Uh-oh, it's Milo. He shows up late at night and he's like, I just got the train in. Oh no, someone died. Um and they bicker a lot, and that's pretty much all that they're gonna do for the rest of the novel is bicker and then kiss. That's it's gonna be a lot of bicker kissing. Um, so you know, if you're into that, strap in, because you're you're gonna have a, a great time with this book. So Amory starts investigating and she uncovers several not leads, I would say just like minor (laughs) suspicions of people. Um, (laughs) As mentioned, the actor is kind of sus because Mm -hmm. he said like the word Lord when they found out about the murder. Um, And she was like, that's weird. Why would he say that? And also, like, he, I think it was like he kept poking around town and she thought that was suspicious. I don't know why she thought he was, I was like, he's not doing anything, but like.
0: I, yeah, and this is why I found his, like, quote unquote, 11th hour reveal to be like, wh- who cares? The
1: resolution was that he was German and she misheard him. So that's cool. Um It's hard. To, I'm trying to think how to do the rest of this plot. Because I know things happen, but... Right, but it's a little bit
0: of a jumble. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, I feel like this is a good point while you are thinking, and maybe you can splice this in wherever you would like. I always say I'm going to do that, and
1: I never do. I just play it where it goes.
0: Okay, cool. Well, now that we have a little bit of the summary underway, I feel like this is a good point to... drop in one of my chief criticisms with this book, or at least like things that irritate me. Mm -hmm. Hey, welcome to Brad's corner of things that irritate me with Brad.
1: Hold on everyone. A white man has complaints.
0: (laughs) Yes. Excuse me. I have some feelings about this. Um, No, this book does, and and it did it like way more than I thought it would. It does that thing where everybody comments like, oh my, this is just like one of those mystery novels. Yeah, they
1: sure did do that a lot, didn't they?
0: they They did it once and I was like, okay, sure, whatever. Sprinkle it in, get it out of the way, sure. But they do it like kind of a lot, literally up until the end when I think somebody even says like, boy, this whole thing was like one of those mystery novels. And I was like... This is, when you're drawing attention to it, that doesn't make it, like, better or good. That just makes me shrug and go, well, yeah, and you're all behaving like characters, not people.
1: I feel like it is the same thing as what a lot of YA authors will do, of having the characters be really big readers. Where it's, like, very much trying to appeal to your audience, right? Because it's like, oh... The sure. character is a big reader. Obviously, you are a reader because you are reading the book. Therefore, you can empathize with this character. So I feel like it's kind of that. It's a little cheap, but, you know, I'm, I'm like, authors do that a lot, I feel like, um, to just kind of get yeah. people to be like, ah, oh, I like this character because they, like me, read mysteries.
0: <laughs> right. My name is Caitlin Evergreen, just like my favorite young adult fiction character, Katniss Everdeen. I use a bow.
1: How dare you? How dare you come on this woman-led podcast and make fun of women's fiction? Really, I'm, it's I'm, I'm
0: not astounding. I'm not doing that. It's All I would say, I will hey, I'm going to say this quietly, just uh-huh. so the reader, M, don't listen. This is just for the listener. Uh-huh, yeah, she should have ended up with Gail.
1: Oh my God! Get off my podcast! Get off my podcast! How can you think Milo is bad but think Gail is good? It does not make sense to me. They're the same uh. character. Uh, yes they are moving on Um, (laughs) (laughs) okay so mystery we're trying to solve a mystery and um, Amory is dicking around trying to figure out what's going on Um, she bickers with her husband a lot Gil is like hey I'm here and I want to do kisses with you What do you think? She's like, hmm, I don't know. I just am really conflicted because I'm, like, married and my husband is physically here. And that's making it hard for me to want to do kisses with you right at this moment. Um, uh, So Gil gets arrested. Because somebody, we don't know who at first, saw him talking to Rupert. And also, Amory had a conversation, Her overheard him talking to Rupert outside her window late at night in a threatening manner. Being like, well, I ought to tell you to stay away from my sister. Or else I'll pay you a lot of money if you yeah, want to go away. See here, yeah.
0: pal. You'd better kick rocks.
1: See here, pal. You better stop sniffing around my sister. I'll give you a fat chunk of change if you know what I mean.
0: That's not very 23 skidoo of you, my guy.
1: <laughs> um, so they, she heard this conversation. She tells the cop about it. The cop arrests Gil. And she's like, oh my, Gil, I didn't foresee this at all. Me telling the cop a suspicious thing you did and him arresting you. Oh, I'm so sorry, Gil. And Gil's like, it's okay. You're perfect and beautiful and I love you. You would never do anything wrong. Um, cool. Great energy from Gil. Uh Yeah. <laughs> Uh,
0: this is also perhaps another time to slip in a weird criticism mm-hmm. I have of this Go book. For it. And it is that uh, it seems like nobody, and by nobody I mean Amory or Gil, can't decide how familiar they are with each other. Because mm. at the start of the book, she's like, hadn't seen him in five years since I split off our marriage. But then there are a great many number of times in the book where she's like, we were old friends, the best of friends, truly. We knew everything about each other. And I was like, that's not Really, the impression I'm getting from your earlier description of "I haven't seen him in five years,"
1: I would say that they're old friends. It's like, okay, the the vibes I got about their relationship was that they were like BFFs who got engaged, and then when that engagement broke off, the friendship also broke off, right? So, I like, I mm. believe that I was like, yeah, they were like really close sure. when they were engaged. And then they stop being engaged, and it's like, well, we're not going to hang out anymore because <laughs> that's awkward. Um, and also, like, it's the 1930s, and I guess you could send him a telegram, but it's not like you can text him every day, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah. uh, uh, And also, like, she's trying to pretend to be his fake girlfriend. So, like, I, like, when she's saying that to other people, I was like, yeah, of course, that's what you would say, because, like, otherwise it would be weird that you're here. Like... I, I think that like she says that a lot to the policeman I think um, of like oh we're old friends we're we're very close old friends you know and it's like well yeah because otherwise the thing that you did do yeah. seems yeah, insane that's a good point. so like, <laughs> if she had just been like well you see he came to my house after not knowing him for five years and asked me to come break up his sister and her fiance who is now dead. I feel like <laughs> that might have raised a few red flags, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. I yes. Okay. Well, score one for queer women, I guess. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, cool. Uh so Gil gets arrested, and then the next important thing that happens is I believe Olive tries to kill herself. So there's another girl we mentioned in the party named Olive who and she tries to kill herself and and Amory's like was it because she was in love with Rupert? And some of the other people, specifically Mrs. Hamilton in the group, have suggested that um, there's something going on with Olive and Rupert. And they, like, used to date a little bit, but Olive's not really into him. Um, and it, there's kind of, like, conflicting reports of what exactly I their thought, relationship is.
0: Yeah, I, I thought at first it was the other way around. Like, they dated a little bit, but it was more that he wasn't into her and then when he started chasing Emmeline, everybody was like, well, the poor thing must have been so heartbroken.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's kind of the vibe from a lot of the other people. But I think like even Emmeline, I think Emmeline and the one friend, the other friend was, are both like, no, she didn't really like him. I think, okay. I, I'm pretty sure there are other people besides Olive who are like, no, she didn't like him. But in any case, mm-hmm. there's... It is confusing as to what the situation is between Olive and Rupert. Um, perhaps they're having an affair. Unclear. Mm. Um, Cool. So then. At some point, Amory gets drugged by some drugs, and that's like a red herring completely and doesn't matter. So I don't know why I brought it up. Yeah, um, it's like a
0: weird red herring that kind of goes in like 12 different directions. Yeah, yeah, because like, she like, wakes up the next morning and she's certain that Milo did it mm-hmm. to do something untoward, but he assures her that no, my dear, I would not do that. If I wanted to do something untoward, I'd use my natural manly charm on you, of course. Um, you know, and then she thinks that like a bunch of other characters do it, and uh, eventually, kind of like you alluded to earlier, we do find out who did it and it's just shrugged off in a real weird way that in retrospect makes me uncomfortable yeah. that they were just like, wow, this woman was drugged anyway. anyway,
1: And especially yeah. considering it was drugged with a drug that is used in two of, th- or like another one of the murders, like very prevalently. E- and yes. at one point an attempted murder that they think is happening. Wild. Yeah. Um, okay. So getting to that murder and attempted murder, um, Mrs. Hamilton and Mr. Hamilton are there. Uh, (laughs) I hate doing plots. (laughs) Okay. um, At one point, Amory's like, I want to go check out Mr. Hamilton's room. Oh, because, I remember now, because they're all hanging out downstairs. And then Mr. Hamilton, like, goes and sneaks off. And she's, like, following him. And she sees him go down to where the murder happened or where the death happened at the bottom of the cliff and pick up something shiny and put it in his pocket and leave and she's like what could it be was it the murder weapon don't know um so she does that she wants to go search mr hamilton's room so she
0: you forgot what did i forget i I think this is Sort of important. There is a a steamy, passionate kiss to you know. It's that it's that wonderful love story trope of we have to fake kiss, but we're going to actually kiss to look inconspicuous. Of course, yes. So as as Mr. Hamilton is coming back up on the beach, she like I was a little unclear that she like she's following him, but
1: at a distance, but.
0: Yeah, but like at a distance, but apparently not so far away that she could get away from him. I don't know. She's on like a a set of wooden steps that go down to the beach. She's worried that he's going to catch her. Of course, Milo happens to also be behind her. And she's like, oh, crap, I've got to pretend to not have been following Mr. Hamilton. Quick, Milo, kiss me. And, you know, there's several paragraphs devoted to, oh my gosh, we hadn't kissed like this in ages, and the old flame was being reignited, and and this and that, and I don't know. I think that's worth drawing attention to because in a lot of ways the romance becomes the A plot more than the B plot sometimes.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that is also the start of all of the bigger kissing. Um, I I think there's not, I think that's the first kissing that happens. And after that, there's just a lot of, angry kissing and kissing to shut each other up and kissing to prove a point and kissing to piss off Gil. a lot of a lot of very pe- passive aggressive kissing in this book um i love it <laughs> 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 so she wants to go figure out what the thing is that mr hamilton took so she goes to search his room and then milo also goes to search his room not clear what milo is doing also there's like this whole thing at this point where he's milo is like why do you want to solve this mystery? And she's like, I have to for Gil. And Milo's like, don't you think Gil might have done it? And she's like, no, absolutely not. Gil would never. Gil is a perfect angel, baby. Shut shut your stupid face, Milo. Um, this is important <laughs> for later.
0: It is, actually. So,
1: so they go to search the room. She goes in. Milo f- also goes to search the room. I don't know why Milo's searching the room. Who gives a shit? I can't remember. Um, but they both end up there. They're searching the room. Blah, 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 blah. Mr. Hamilton comes back, and they're like, quick, we have to hide in a wardrobe and make out a bit. So they do. Um, And then Mr. Hamilton uh, draws himself a bath, and they're like, sweet, he'll take a bath, and we can leave. And then he gets in the bath, and Gil, nope, not Gil, Milo goes to check and see what's up, and there's some splish splashing, and then he's like, oh, fuck, get out here, and... She does, and it turns out Mr. Hamilton is dead in the bathtub. Oh, no.
0: Oh, no. no. How are we going to explain to the police that we found a dead body because we were hiding in his room while we were looking for a murder weapon?
1: (laughs) They basically explain it by being like, that's exactly what we did. And the police is like, well, my boss doesn't want me to arrest rich people too much, so guess it's fine. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that... That comment, which brings me to another point of, I'm sorry, you saying that, I literally have in my notes, I have a running tab of, like, weird, shitty things that Milo said, um, one of which are, these people are not of our breed, uh-huh, yeah. um, implying that these people are rich, but not rich no, enough to no, hang out no, with no, us. Brad,
1: what he meant by that is that they are not uh-huh. from the Ames family tree. Oh, like, okay, my mistake. They literally sorry. aren't of their yeah. breed, because they're yeah. cousins, probably.
0: Yeah, sorry. These people aren't from our, what was it you said earlier, <laughs> orchard? family orchard, <laughs> These yeah. people are from a different family <laughs> orchard. Um, Milo also makes several weird jokes about, like, those damn socialists and how perhaps yeah. we should kill them, which, when we get to our game at the end, remind me to bring up something that I had a weird thought about. Interesting. Um uh Yeah, that m- is more related than perhaps it might sound. Amory, sorry, it's around this time that Amory also makes a comment that nobody here was a nice person, kind of implying except for her, which I literally have in my notes here, fuck off. Um, <laughs> but that's more of a personal thing. Yeah,
1: so. that did strike me as odd, too, because I was like... You seem to be getting along great with most of them, and most of them have yeah. been very nice to you and seem very nice in general and haven't really yeah. done anything. I don't know. I, and,
0: and and that's one thing about this book that, like, again, this is just a taste thing, as has been well-established both on this podcast and to hurt my feelings privately. Mm-hmm. You and Anna don't like cyberpunk, and I understand <laughs> that. There are trappings about the genre that you don't like that I love, and there is one trapping about fancy British people that I don't like and it's this weird like it's like everybody is playing 4D emotional and verbal chess all the time mm-hmm. and I know that that is like part of the drama and part of the keep a straight face in public and, and like etc cetera, etc cetera. but like reading this book and hearing Amory constantly talk about how catty and shitty and like sometimes kind of fake some of the other women at the party were or, you know, by party, I mean cast of characters. But then also doing the exact same thing to literally everyone else. It's just this weird, like, it kind of just grew exhausting for me. <laughs>
1: yeah. I think it, it was weird because there are a couple times where I was like, oh, God, is Amory going to be, like, one of those I'm not like other girls? But, like, she did seem to get along fine with most of the women. And it seemed that, like, except for the one who did drug her, so, like, fair. Uh, right. <laughs> and... You know, like, it, it was a weird vibe because, yeah, like you said, sometimes she would have these asides of, like, everybody here is terrible. And I'm like, nobody here has done – and it wasn't just the women. She's talking about the men, too. But it's like none of them have Sh- yes. done anything to you. I mean, like, one of them's a murderer, but you don't know which one it is. Like,
0: Yeah. or Like, the one that stuck out to me was, like, the, the social – um, column writer mm. like at the beginning she was like Ugh, I couldn't believe a social column writer was here this was truly going to make you know things look even worse than they were already bound to look and then like three quarters of the way through the book she's like you know I couldn't help myself I just loved how funny and strange that social column writer was well, it's character and I was growth. like
1: what she learned to like I... the social column writer
0: okay I get okay <laughs> it's her
1: character arc
0: all right you know what you got me again score two for queer women everywhere
1: (laughs) um cool so they find mr hamilton dead in the tub um at the same time it turns out mrs hamilton has overdosed on sleeping pills and everyone's like oh my gosh mr hamilton they do some police work i guess and they're like he also had sleeping pills and then someone drowned him while he was sleeping pilled and that's why it was easy to drown him cool great love that journey for him um mrs hamilton got sleeping pilled but she pulls through and everyone's like oh my gosh who did who did all the sleeping pills and it's like hmm maybe those sleeping pills that amory was dosed with has something to do with this you would think but no you would be wrong it had nothing to do with this there's also
0: a very clever red herring a couple chapters earlier, where one of the characters makes a comment of things have been so exciting, I haven't even needed my sleeping pills. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that spoiler alert s-
0: that's not the character that did the murders.
1: Yeah, I think that same character lost their sleeping pills, and then they had to go buy new sleeping pills. There's a lot cool. of talk about sleeping pills. In this book. Yeah. <laughs> um. Cool. So I'm trying to think. Gil gets released. Oh, Gil had already gotten released prior to the Mr. Hamilton thing on bail because right. he's still a suspect, whatever. Um,
0: There's actually a kind of funny conversation between him and Amory where he's like, I guess I'll just get a lawyer now because they I got released and a second person died. <laughs> yeah. Like, fuck me. And I kind of laughed at that. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah,
1: yeah I, didn't, right. I didn't mind Gil. I thought he was chill. Like I was like, yeah, all right. I, um, yeah, I
0: thought he was okay. Like, Amory kept describing him as boring, but I was like, I don't know. He's just Dude's a guy. Like going ni- yeah, he's just like... He's just guy being dude,
1: I will say though he did hire his ex girlfriend to try to break up his sister and his her fiance that's a little bit that's a little bit overbearing sibling, but you know mm. aside from that um yeah. who who hasn't you know at some point <laughs> okay, so I feel like nothing else really important happens until like the reveal. am I correct? Is there anything
0: um let me Anything look that at my I'm n- notes. I don't think, like, like no. There's like, more there, like she...
1: questioning of people and talking to people and getting bits. and yeah. She talks to Olive, and Olive's like, I wasn't in love with Rupert. Basically, we find out Olive wasn't in love with Rupert. She was in love with Gil, and that's why she tried to kill herself, because Gil got arrested, which, like, girl, that is not healthy. You need to see no. a, a therapist immediately, because mm-hmm. getting your man is not going to solve your issues. Um, nope.
0: Nope. It's also worth noting that, like, a lot of the way that she, she being Amory, the protagonist, like, talks to and quote-unquote questions these people is not, like... Very little of it is actually directly being like, I'm going to go find this person and speak to them directly. A lot of it is like, I passed Billingsworth in the hall and he was talking about murder.
1: Or like she'll she'll pass someone and like get into a conversation and then eventually work her way around to like something that is tangential. Which I mean is what I would do if I was a cozy mystery solver because I wouldn't want people to be like, hey, what the fuck is up? This isn't your job. (laughs) Go away. You no, know,
0: you wouldn't just directly approach them and be like, "Sleeping pills. What's up? <laughs>
1: what's up with these? Um, what's up with these?" Cool. So we find out. Basically, the big reveal is um, Amory. the The lights all go out. There's an electricity thing. Amory starts a fire in the hotel, but it's fine intentionally because it's just a little fire. Um, so that she can cause a distraction and get the keys. Oh, I forgot the whole thing about Milo also left. Milo went to London. Yes, she calls their flat or whatever in London. A woman answers and is like, "What's up? I'm a woman in your house." And she's like, "Why are you in my house? Where's Milo?" And she's like, "I'm not here," or "He's not here."
0: I maybe this is a little out of line, but I would like to cut in here to say this whole. I thought this whole thing was fucking ridiculous. I assumed this was the thing you were
1: referring to at the beginning. Of like, this is one of the things. Mm-hmm.
0: Not just the call, but then Milo's exp- Spoiler alert, I guess. Milo's explanation for who this w- I think Wilhelmina, her name sure. is, which like, mwah, chef's kiss. Great name for a, a, a serving serving lady. We'll only hear from once. But like Milo's explanation is like, oh well, as uh, she worked for the Hamiltons, didn't you know? And how else was I going to get information from her except to hire her? No, she's a terrible serving woman. And I was like, how did you? Hire and bring this woman into your employ in like what two days, if that, and also get her to trust you. Like, no,
1: look, fuck you. It's the nineteen thirties. People are coming off one war, about to head into another. Everyone's on their grind. You know, you find out you think that. First off, he would be like, "Hey, Mr. Hamilton just got murdered, so like you don't actually have an employer anymore. Actually, so come work for me." But
0: would you know that yet? Like. They're not telephoning you to say, "Hey, your employer died." My, but like I'm saying probably- Milo
1: could tell her that. Milo knows Mr. Hamilton's dead. He could be like, "What's up? Your employer's dead. Better tell all their secrets and come work for me." And uh. what are you gonna do? You gotta be on your grind. Uh. <laughs> give me like, a
0: point. What's the? Give what's me the? the <laughs> <point>. <laughs> oh, hang on, wait. No, but before I do, I'll give it to you. I'm just trying to think. What's the 1930s version of "Good morning, Twitter"? Let's get that bread.
1: <laughs> good morning, Twitter.
0: <laughs> mm, let us get some rye on this fine morning.
1: Um, okay, so he hires this maid, she's there, he Amory calls to see like where the fuck he is, because the police want to talk to him because he fucking left. And um also at this point the police tells her that Milo was the one who said that Gil was there and that Gil that Milo was the witness who placed Gil at the scene of the crime. And mm that would mean that Milo was in town a lot earlier than she thought. Cause she thought he came that night. So also she gets a letter from a friend that's like, Milo's leaving immediately after you left. Right. So.
0: And of course there's the thing of, she gets the letter much earlier, but doesn't, but write didn't read it until now because yeah, convenience.
1: Course. Um, yeah. so she's like, so Milo shows back up and I think, no, wait. So she starts the fire. She gets the key. She goes to, uh, rupert's room and starts looking around and shit and then milo shows up at rupert's room maybe on the way to rupert's no, room on the way this, to rupert's is, room because he sees her get the yes, key on the way to yeah yes. so he's like what's up and she's like fuck no you. trent
0: no she speaks with trent and olive on the way to rupert's room
1: okay when does milo show up
0: he doesn't show up until after the murderer is revealed no
1: because they have the whole conversation where she's like i don't i think you're the murderer and then he gets all oh, fussy. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right.
0: I think that's before the power outage and the fire, I think.
1: No, because he sees her take the key. Oh, you're
0: right. You're <laughs> right, yes. All right. Four four po- four points for queer women, then.
1: Uh, I, think, I think maybe he fell... At, at some point in all of this, she confronts him because he's following her around like a puppy. And mm. she's like... Why did you lie about this? Why did you like you came to town earlier than I thought? Maybe you're the murderer? and he he's like, "Oh my God, do you think I'm the murderer? And she doesn't really like answer yes or no. And he's like, Ugh. yes. Ugh.
0: Milo has a really good line here, and this is like I think maybe the one line I will give Milo, mm. and it's that I, I think almost I didn't put it in word for word, but he's like, I think I know you're your- cute. Yeah, he's like, you're accusing me of murder, but you're so certain your little friend Gil didn't do it. Right. You know, and she's like, well, he didn't seem hurt. He was being insincere, but he wasn't wrong. (laughs) And I was like, you two just need to, like therapy Either go to therapy or <laughs> divorce like yep. one of the two yeah definitely like just just fuck on the side man if the sex is that good which it's implied it is because of course there's like the fade to black of a very tender scene between the two of them several chapters earlier so you can get your fix with that if you're interested in reading this but like yeah i actually think milo made a very good oh point i agree like you are so certain gil didn't do this I've, but that i might have i like, think
1: this is definitely like where I'm like this is the first book in a series so I can accept this because if this was like they have too many problems at this point I would read more of this because it's like oh they have to bicker their way back to an understanding or whatever but yeah right now I'm just like no you guys are a fucking mess like for real because he's 100% right like if you're gonna sit there and it could have actually been cute if she was like this is fucked up, but it could have been cute if she thought he did it and tried to cover for him. If she like yes. her first instinct was like, "Oh, he did sure. it, but I'm gonna cover for him," because then that would be saying yes. something else, right? That would be like, "Well, I don't think sure. Gil did it because he's too much of a wimp," but like, I think you could do it, and also I don't want you to go down for it, right? That yeah. would have been yeah. cute, but like, that's not what Shelf-aware
0: happened. Shelf aware says, "Stand by, stand your by your man. murderous husband."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> But so, yeah, so she thinks Milo maybe did it in order to pin it on Gil so that sh- to get her back, which wild. Um, and then he's kind of like, well, what about Mr. Hamilton? Like, I was literally in a closet with you when he got got. And she's like, oh, yeah. But then she kind of remembers that he got out first. So maybe he drowned him real quick. You know, who knows? Yeah. So Milo stomps off in a, in a hissy fit. She is like... Looking through the room and then when does Mrs. Hamilton show up?
0: Uh as she is finding
1: the gold lighter? No, because yes. the gold Yeah, the gold lighter. No, wait.
0: Yes. Well No.
1: No, because he doesn't have the gold lighter. No. Mr. That's Hamilton right. she, has the gold she, lighter.
0: She tells her about the sorry, Oh she finds we're... the
1: letter. She finds the letter. Yes, that's what it that's is. That's what it is. She, yes, finds, she a, finds a love note signed by L to Rupert. And then Larissa Hamilton shows up and is like, you've uncovered my fiendish plan. I was going to marry, me and Rupert were in love, but then... So
0: if I may gently cut in here for a little bit more context because we kind of swept over it. Sorry. Go ahead. Five five (laughs) points for queer women, I
1: guess.
0: (laughs) Um, So, you know, speaking of like tropes, character types, et cetera, the Ruperts are a a pretty stock standard. um, The Ruperts. Unhappy... What did I say? The not the Ruperts. the the, um, the Hamiltons. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> all these British names. Who can keep up? Um, uh, the the Hamiltons are a pretty stock standard, like brutish, awful, terrible man. So again, going with the cozy mystery thing, you don't feel that bad when he's found dead um, with a very uh, kind of sickly, unassuming. Oh, how could it have been me? Sort of wife, so that. In my personal opinion, you can kind of see it coming from a mile away mm-hmm. that she was the murderer. Um, and I'm trying to think. There was something else. She you has know, a brother th- th-
1: who was... Who drowned at sea. Drowned at sea, which is important to the plot in this way that I will currently describe. Um, yes. So she and Rupert were having a love affair. Their plan was for him. Rupert to marry Emmeline and then they were going to kill both Emmeline and Mr. Hamilton and get all the money and then run off together great love it Um, so then Rupert came to uh, Mrs. Hamilton and was like JK I'm actually in love with Emmeline I don't want to murder her anymore Um, and, and at some point Mrs. Hamilton had like the idea of, like, let's just murder Mr. Hamilton because, like, I don't think we should kill Emmeline. That's rude. Um, yeah. She didn't do anything to deserve it. But Rupert was like, no, we got to get both of them. But then he chickens out and is like, no, I actually love Emmeline and I want to marry her. And we can just kind of keep doing our thing on the side. NBD. Um, so Mrs. Hamilton hits him with her cigarette case, um, which was mentioned a Fighter. few times earlier. No, it's a cigarette case because he so, has the lighter in his pocket that He
0: got the lighter from the beach.
1: He got the lighter from Mrs. Hamilton and then it fell out of his pocket on the beach. But she hit him with the cigarette case because then there's the comment later about like where's your cigarette case or whatever. Because it was covered right, in blood. Right, that's right that's, yeah. right, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I know it's right, Brad. No
0: no 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 wait. She had her cigarette case but it was empty.
1: I'm pretty sure it's the cigarette case. I'm about to look it up. Hold on. This is important.
0: One way or the other, fucking wild to me that they could you could brain somebody with a lighter and or cigarette case. So it sent me down this weird rabbit hole of how big were lighters and cigarette cases in 1930s England. And hey, spoiler alert, not that big. So I don't know how this, as the text describes her kind of frail, sickly woman, brained this large, handsome, powerful man with a square object potentially the size of your smartphone if not a little smaller like
1: sorry i'm very invested in this
0: no no it's fine i just like i remember because they're they they everybody is playing bridge in the common room and mr hamilton gets pissed that he doesn't have any cigarettes i struck at him and hit him
1: with my cigarette case as hard as i could manage before i even really knew what was happening he fell over the edge and then oh. later it says, uh, in a way, I was sorry that Rupert was dead, but knowing how he felt, I mourned him very little. I was hoping the inquest would find that it had been an accident. Then I might have gone on as usual. I still planned on killing Nelson, of course, but I would have done it much later had he not begun to suspect. He found the lighter. Yes, the lighter fell with Rupert. Okay. I win.
0: Six points for Queer Woman then. <laughs> <laughs> I just, sorry, I just, I was really remembering that scene where. Mr. Hamilton was just fucking yeah. livid that she didn't have any cigarettes in her case.
1: I'm not sure if she actually like brought the case out or not. She might have just said like, "Cause I I know what you're talking about where she's he's she's like, oh, I have my case, just there's no cigarettes in it. I forgot to fill it. Maybe she just like didn't actually bring it out. She was just saying yeah. there weren't. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, she did the whole thing and then she killed her husband with sleeping pills and gave her and drowned him and then gave herself sleeping pills so no one would suspect, which like she had to be fucking trucking it to make it from that room to the other and the sleeping pills, wild. Um, but she took yeah. a bunch of sleeping pills and um that was that. She did the thing and then she's like, I'm gonna kill you, Amory and Amory's like
0: she has a gun. Yes, yeah, she does have a gun. She she comes into the room with a gun that she professes was Mr. Hamilton's. And like Amory, Amory literally says, Well, in those in those storybooks, if you keep them talking, somebody eventually comes. So maybe I'll just keep her talking. And then somebody eventually comes.
1: I mean, she's not wrong. You know, she's aware of the yeah, tropes. Yeah, she, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, so that happens. Uh I think both the police and Gil show up, but anyway, she gets arrested. Then she and, Gil, she and Milo have a talk, and Milo's like, well, guess you're going to hang out with Gil or whatever. See you later. Bye. Bye forever. Not really. I'm going to go party on the continent. And then mm-hmm. she's like, well, I'm going to go back to London. And then she goes to talk to Gil, and she's like, mm, I'm not really feeling it. You should go hook up with Olive. And Gil's like, well, yeah, I guess I loved Olive the whole time. So this is fine. And I'm like, Olive needs therapy. She should not be getting into a relationship right now, but y'all do you. Um, and then she gets on a train, yeah. and then Milo also, shows up w- on the train and is like, hey, baby, I changed my mind. Let's go to London together. And Let's
0: bone on this train.
1: Let's. Well, he, like, shows up and is like, I'm going to fucking punch Gil in the face. And he, she's like, yeah, Gil's not here. And he's like, cool, dope, love it. And that's, like, the end of the book.
0: Yeah. Uh, so The two <laughs> things with the ending – well, you know, the two things that I'm thinking about right now with the ending is that, like, I thought they're, like – Gil and Amory's, like, final conversation was weird for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. Not the least of which because she was like, how do you feel about me? And he was like, oh, I guess you're right. I guess I don't love you anymore. How do you feel about Olive? And he's like, oh, well, a little bit better than I did before, but I don't know if it's quite love, but I'm willing to (laughs) see what happens. Let's give it a shot. It's 1930s England. Yeah, I was like, this is fucking wild, man. Yeah, it couldn't be me yeah it was weird (laughs) also uh the way that it is worded it is heavily implied that like Milo knew damn well Gil wasn't going to be on the train and uh, because Milo seems to just know everything which is just like a personal gripe I get very tired of that kind of character who is like it's not like a fun teasing like mystery does this character know everything it's like actually this character knows everything um yeah and then the book ends
1: the book ends i might read more of this series i didn't hate it and i feel like i might appease anna in this way of uh reading more cozy mysteries by reading this one series just because i do kind of want to know but also i realize you're going to spoil it in like two seconds so let's go i'm not
0: going to spoil everything here's my Um, guess
1: is this about their relationship
0: not directly but yes because my
1: guess is in like 10 books or so Milo's going to be dead and she's going to be back together with Gil that's kind of the vibe I got of this of like eventually the author is going to be like actually no and switch it up but I don't know we'll see
0: this will be a very good segue into uh, our fun little game. Let's do um, it. So uh, I know that uh, you told me that you got a budget for some music. So I'll pause to let you play the music right here. No, I
1: didn't. I, I, I didn't do that.
0: Em, you said no. You said you were.
1: No, I'm poor, Brad.
0: You're not. You're not going to pay me either,
1: Brad. No, absolutely not. All right, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> you need to pay me for being on this.
0: One. Oh, That's, that's fair. Seven, <laughs> seven, points, seven points to queer women. Um, all right. So later in this series, this is not about any of the other mysteries. So, you know, I guess mild spoiler for something that happens between or is revealed about some characters. This is not about any of the other actual mysteries. Okay. Later in this series, uh-huh. which of the following, I'll give you four choices, Perfect. is revealed about Milo? Okay. One, he has been dead the whole time. What? Two,
1: so which, which one of these four eight. is correct? I hope one, it's A. he eight. has
0: been dead the whole time. <laughs> Two, he has actually been Gil the whole time. What? And the explanation is ham-fisted and strange. What? Three, he's a secret agent. And four, he's actually been a ghost.
1: Isn't that the same as One.
0: No, because one implies that she's been making it up. Oh, okay. Four, so one and four are both he's that... been
1: dead, but one is that she's yes. going crazy, and four is that he's a ghost. Okay, yes. I four think I is can... that
0: Four is that they introduce a sci-fi element.
1: I think I can... Uh, fantasy. I think I can immediately cross off those two, because I think that they're too similar, and I think that other people interacted with him. Like, or. he almost got arrested for murder, so...
0: Or, did I make them that similar to Trippie? Oh, no, shut
1: up. Um here's my thought my first thought was it was two because the way you say ham said ham-fisted makes me think that this is a thing that annoyed you that anna told you happened and you're like oh, i hate it so ham-fisted so that leads me to think two. but then number three if he's a secret agent you said the thing about the socialists and how that's funny considering a thing that you're going to go over in the game so i think it's probably number three and that he's a secret agent
0: yeah, that's totally it. I accidentally <laughs> gave up the ghost when I did that. I knew it. So, yeah, eight points for queer women. I'm so, Amory yes. Ames. <laughs> uh, cool. I want to be the the red-haired lady who... Is apparently very hot and yeah, dyes her hair. And dyes her hair. Which actually, this is one fun thing. This book sent me down when when they mentioned that like, oh, her hair must be dyed mm-hmm. red. I was like, oh, huh? How did people dye their hair in 1930s England? And and I learned something. Yeah. So that's a nice thing. Looking um, into the
1: history of hair dye is really cool. Like there are a lot of like pastel hair dyes and stuff in the 50s. So it was quite popular. It's very interesting to look into. Yeah. Anyway, um, I was gonna anyway, say.
0: Uh, yes, what Anna told me yeah. off air or off mic is that it, later in the series it is revealed that milo is probably a secret agent mm. and has not been philandering or cheating on her the whole oh, time see that's, he has, I'm been, into he it has now. been doing into his duty i'm into it now <laughs> frust- no which frustrated <laughs> me it. for a number of reasons because a what that probably means is he was like a pinkerton agent <laughs> huh. which means he was squashing unions yeah, and killing true. socialists that's true Two, it's not a
1: great time to be a secret agent is it
0: Yeah. I mean, like, sure, you could also say, like, oh, no, he was spying on Germans. But, like, come on. We know. Yeah, We know what that is. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Um, Two, I, when Anna told me this, I went and looked up the time between publishing of, like, the first book and the rest of the series. Mm -hmm. And it, I got a sneaking suspicion that when the author started this series, which, I want to be clear, this is a perfectly fine thing to do. I get it. Sometimes you find the plot as you go along. We've all written a TTRPG homebrew campaign. But the time between the first book and some of the rest of the series... I think the author did not have this planned and wanted to leave it open-ended at first, but then either she fell in love with Milo herself or the rest of her audience did, and she said, no, I cannot hurt them like this, and she pulled the punch, which I do not think she should have done. No, see, I totally I think disagree, because okay. I, think,
1: I think the fact that he didn't have any excuses and it wasn't explored in this book makes me think that she was planning this the whole time, and I applaud. I applaud this. But I also want to say... That technically, because you didn't read the rest of the books, really all four of those answers could be true.
0: That's <laughs> and true. You just maybe no. <laughs> that's true. Maybe he's a dead ghost that she made up to cope with Trent's murder. <laughs> not Trent Gill's murder. So
1: so maybe he's a dead. That's not a
0: spoiler. Gill doesn't get murdered. I don't know that if he does. Like I don't know anything about Gil. Maybe
1: he's book. a dead ghost. There's like two things going on where she's actually remarried okay. to Gill and just thinks mm. that that's like she's like repressing that at scale and thinks it's Milo because he died while being a secret agent. Um, yeah. And then his ghost shows up. Mm-hmm. I'm into it.
0: It's true. And then at the end she wakes up and it's the year 2130. And, and she has a dirty
1: in, eyeball computer. She has a
0: dirty eyeball computer. <laughs> and now I'm back in.
1: Oh, Christ. All right. Well, that's it for the cozy mysteries. Uh, <laughs> next week. We will be back. Well, one of us will be back. Uh, Brad will not be here. Uh, Because Anna will be back uh, with me pulling up the calendar
0: Meow Meow Monday. With
1: another Meow Meow Monday with uh, Warrior Cats, the second Warrior Cats series, Book Three, Warriors. I have to look up what book it is. Uh, Okay, Warrior Cats, Warriors, The New Prophecy, Book Three dawn i have to get off the wikipedia now so i don't spoil myself um after that i don't know what the fuck we're doing because me and anna haven't talked about it and the calendar doesn't go out that far so it'll be a surprise for me maybe i'll edit something in here at a later date Uh, (laughs) cool now i have to do the wrap-up and i don't usually do this so let's see how it goes in the meantime. You can follow us uh, at ShelfAwareCast on Twitter, probably. If you have a book that you want to recommend that we read because you love it or you hate it or anything in between, you can can email it to us, ShelfAwareCast at gmail.com, probably. Um, Thank you, as always, to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can find his YouTube in the show notes below. Uh, follow, subscribe, leave us a review. Spotify, iTunes, wherever your podcasts are sold. If you don't follow us, I'll cry. Um, that's it, (laughs) I think. (laughs) In the words of Ashley Weaver, if I had killed Howe and Hamilton, I should have done a much better job of it.
0: Damn, may we all do a much better job of it.
1: Cool. All right. Do you want to start since you are uh, the guest and I can do the the more... It Like the starting seems like the bigger deal, but there's more talking from the second person usually.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, do I need to have a song ready or is that you?
1: No, that's only for, for <laughs> Meow Meow Monday. Okay. Okay. We don't do it on the regular days. All right. Um... It's a special treat.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. It's a special <laughs> what are
1: you saying you don't enjoy the songs brad no i
0: do i'm just saying that i didn't know if i had to have one ready because i i didn't have one ready
1: (laughs) i wouldn't do that to you thank
0: you um okay
1: you just have to say the welcome back literary slummers to another episode of shelf Aware, the podcast where we read books outside of our comfort zone i'm anna except you're not